Welcome everybody to the Kerning the Gap podcast. I'm delighted to be back after a short hiatus for me to change my day job, uh, which some of you guys know about. Um, but I'm now CEO at Pollet and Partners and took three months off at the start of the year to focus on my new challenge. Um, but I am absolutely delighted to be back um, fully in action on Kerning the Gap. Um, and resurrecting our podcast series. And I'd like to welcome today Roberta Ronisvalli, um, who is a leadership coach and a transformation change facilitator who I was introduced to through my work on Coning the Gap um, and a fascinating woman. And we're going to talk today about leadership. Roberta owned an award-winning design agency in New York, which she ran for 14 years before she converted and retrained as a strategist as well as, well as running that business. Um, and then when moving to the UK, um, for love, changed her, uh, sold out her shares in her agency and has now started a career as a leadership coach. And um, welcome. Thank you, Nat. It's a pleasure being here. So, Roberta, today I want to talk about, I mean, it's the core subject for Kerning the Gap, yes. how to get more women into leadership positions. And uh, when we met, we had a fascinating conversation around why aren't there more and those that are aspiring, how can we get there? And also those of us that are already there, how can we feel more confident mm. in the position that we've managed to achieve? Um, and I think one of the really interesting subjects that comes up every time I do a talk on Coning the Gap or I'm in one of the rooms and conversations within the community is this talk about the future of business is more feminine. Mm -hmm. And... I'm very interested in that because I think I, I think that's a reductive way of describing mm -hmm. some of the complex mm -hmm. skills that it takes to be successful um, in both leadership roles and in the world of work today. What are your thoughts around that statement? Hmm. Oh, thank you, Nat. Yeah, I think the, uh, the, the very important thing uh, that needs to be said is that we need more women in leadership position and across all industries, right? We talk about the creative industry, yes, and of course, everywhere else. And I think there is an incredible opportunity for us as women right now to really redefine what leadership means. And I think that's very important because I also feel that there is some um, women who actually uh, shy away from leadership because they, you know, leadership has been misconstrued and generally uh, is associated with a model of leadership that is very male oriented, right? Oriented. And that is, um, you know, that's, that's actually uh, a big problem. Uh, leadership doesn't belong to men. Mm. And, uh, and there is an opportunity for women, as I said, to redefine it in a much uh, um, in, in, in a larger, more authentic way for women. Mm. And just thinking, we were touching upon it in one of our previous conversations, but how uh, business are changing really fast. You know, there is uh, an acceleration in change that is almost uh, unbearable sometimes. Mm. Um, there is this uh, acronym that is called VUCA, no? the vulnerability, the uh, uh, volatility, uncertainty, complexity and uncertainty of any business run now. And so what it actually takes, if you think about the uh, standard model of leadership is mm -hmm. the vision, a strong leader who can actually lead everybody, has a vision, a direction, and, uh, and actually the concept of leadership was a social concept is changing um, as well. Mm -hmm. So in order to manage uh, this incredible acceleration 
in any industry. Mm. What we need is different kind of skills. So we need, for instance, uh, softer skills. Mm. We need the skill to sense what's going on, mm. to understand. So sensing and responding, yeah. um, which is very different, is much more, as we are even saying, sensing and responding. Mm. Much more intuitive. Absolutely, exactly not. And I think that's why women actually run now across all um, different uh, industries are so, uh, you know, industry look for women mm. in leadership position. I think just to build on that, I mean, something fantastic is happening and one of the big pillars of Kerning the Gap is that it needed to be as accessible to men as it is to women because men need to be part of the conversation. And I am finding and seeing more men in the rooms of the conversations that we're having. And naturally, there's a slight, um, it's slightly confronting when they hear that the model of leadership as it currently is is very male and that's very egocentric and actually we're moving into a more feminine zone where it's much more intuitive it's much more about sensing what's happening in the business and responding to it accordingly and interestingly men are quite offended by the suggestion that they don't have those sensibilities and that they don't have those skills in the same way that I think women should be offended when we're not seen as risk takers or good negotiators oh, or assertive. Absolutely. Where do you stand on this women behave like this and men behave like that and therefore there are different styles of leadership? I think we're going beyond that, mm. right? Absolutely. And there is a need to go beyond and I think the new generations are beyond that. Mm. If you think where the world is going... Um, it, it, it is, uh, the, the, the boundaries are not so uh, sharp yeah. between men and women behaviors. And um, it is the conditioning, the social conditioning. You know, men are supposed to do certain things. Women are supposed to react in other ways. And I think that's the freedom we have. Um, we are understanding that there is not male or uh, women, men or women uh, brain. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think that's the opportunity right now for women in leadership is to uh, don't think that they have to fit into the mold. There is mm. no mold mm. and there yeah. is the opportunity here. And also I feel that a lot of women, as we said, shy away from leadership because very often they associated with uh, um, ego yeah. and, 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 and power. And a lot of women actually want to move from compassion and intelligence mm. and social intelligence, relational intelligence, generosity, mm. empathy. Mm. And I think what, 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 when I coach um, women, and, and it doesn't matter which, are, which age or position they're in, I try to help them understand that they can be, they can be um, decisive leaders and they can be, can be empathetic. Yeah. They can have a vision mm. and they can let others have a vision. Mm. Um, there is, you know, it's, it's uh, leadership, it's uh, embracing a paradox in yes. a way. Yeah. It is. And so sometimes it's a self-limiting belief. Mm. I don't want to be a leader because then I have to be in the front. It's about arrogance. It's about mm. um, not letting other people talk. And, um, and I think that's, that's the, uh, the sadness that then we don't bring all these other important values uh, in the boardroom. Um, and they are necessary, absolutely necessary. I think it's really interesting because those conventions of women are like this, men are like that, I think 
that's just because historically and by society we've been rewarded for those skills Absolutely. and attributes. So those things have been encouraged. Men have been encouraged to be strong and assertive and the provider and aggression is seen as something that's a positive thing and that's channeled into sport yes. and fighting and, you know, all of the, the, the play. If you watch children playing, it's those are the... Um, those are the activities they gravitate towards and equally are rewarded. Women, we know that, I mean, tons of studies around the breadth of our vocabulary, our listening skills, the fact that we, um, that, that we're naturally more empathic. Nurturing, nurturing ability. And absolutely it's mm. that. And we, you know, role models of mothers and fathers playing out traditional roles, roles. in the world. Mm. It's not that the other parties don't have those skills. Absolutely. And they don't tend to find them until they're in a position where they need to yeah. use them. Absolutely. And it's how we as a society are recognising and encouraging those complex skills in one another. So actually, this is a conversation about what being a great leader looks like. Absolutely. And how women can build confidence from the fact that actually lots of the skills you don't think that are valuable to you in leadership roles, you already have. They Take are. great confidence from the fact that you're already 70% of the way there and the other skills, like anybody else, you'll learn. Absolutely. And I love what you're saying also, because if you think it's a liberating moment for men as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was recently uh, having this conversation with friends of mine and there is a friend of mine who works in uh, the financial industry and they called a leadership expert in and her boss is actually a woman. And this woman is very, um, uh, you know, it, she's uh, in a very high position um, within the company. Uh, the first question she asked to the uh, leadership um, expert was like, will you be able to help me? To, have, to stop women from crying in the office. And my friend just wanted to leave the room and she was offended. Yeah. So this is the, the, the opportunity right now, yeah. is to women who are already in those positions to understand that this is not what, what is needed. Yeah. This is not what is needed. And also to allow feelings in the office, emotional mm. intelligence. We keep on talking about emotional intelligence in mm. the office. We talk about relational, social intelligence, the ability to understand, read the room, understand what is needed. Yeah. Emotional intelligence start with awareness and start mm. by actually be aware of our feelings and, and share it with others, which actually is so important to create a sense of trust towards yeah. each other. Feeling vulnerable in front of each other, strengthen our trust toward yeah. each other. So these are important um, and necessary dimensions of working together and leading. Yes. And leading. Yes. You talked before about authenticity and how important it is to find your authentic self within yes. leadership. And I think that when the, the leadership, the leadership, the leader... Yes is authentic, mm -hmm. it gives permission for everybody else in the team to be authentic mm -hmm. as well. And that can break down lots of barriers, but it can also flush out where the strengths and weaknesses are really in your team as yeah. opposed to the role that everyone's playing. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely. And I think what we were, uh, what we were discussing uh, um, before is actually um, if you um, associate leadership with um, ego, right, mm. with self-righteousness, uh, mm -hmm. then you shy away. But if actually you know what is your life purpose or what actually makes you come alive, right, what mm. is important for you, what 
authentically mm. you care for. And also, if you're very aware of what the world needs, and the world, it can be your team, it can mm. be your company, mm. it can be your city, anything. And there is a, actually, if you put them together, if there is that part that overlaps mm. in that part, there is true leadership. Yeah. When those two align, then you are aligned. Yes. And so the leadership all of a sudden doesn't become um, about ego, mm. but actually takes another form. It almost takes the form of egolessness. It's not about you. Yes. It's about you doing the thing you think are right in service of yourself first, because of course that's important, but also in service of something higher and more important. And again, it can be your team. Mm. It can be your company. Mm. It can be a value that for you it's important mm. to manifest in the world. And so leadership doesn't have to be construed in that uh, form. And what that leads on to for me is, I think, another emerging face of leadership in our current um, work life is that it's not just one leader sitting at the top and everybody else serving them. Yes. I often talk about leadership being an act act of service. I, I exist to serve my team. Yes. But there is the opportunity for people to demonstrate leadership skills, whatever level they are currently operating at, in every moment in of every, every day. In every moment, in every moment. And I think that's very important because actually... This is what the world needs right now. Mm. Uh, we really need um, all to understand the responsibility, the responsibility of yeah. leading ourselves every single moment, no matter where they are, we are, mm. um, in a company, in a family, uh, on a society. And I love what you're saying, that leadership is not only being in the front all the time. Yeah. I mean, yes, it is about sometimes taking the lead and being taking the lead and being uh, in the front, but also having that ability to co-lead with someone else, mm. which, is, by the way, it's amazing and fantastic because there is a sense of spaciousness there, in yeah. there of co-responsibility, co-creation, and, and actually is, is less droning. <laughs> I find this really interesting because working in the design industry, we're talking about co-creation, we're talking about collaboration. This is absolute agile working. It's absolutely the nature yes. and future of work. And... In that scenario, mm. who's leading? Exactly. And actually, we're leading one another and mm. we're taking it in turns mm -hmm. and leadership becomes agile. Absolutely. So the greater the distribution of leadership skills, the greater the benefit to the team. Absolutely. I love what you're saying. And then again, uh, as we said, there is many different positions. There's the front, leading mm. from the front, from besides, as we said, together with somebody, and also leading from the back, mm. but still leading. And if we just think the lead is being present, conscious and intentional, mm. your contribution, it matters. It matters, uh, it matters a lot. It's even the way we sit on a chair, mm -hmm. the way we respond to somebody, our body language, yeah. that is leadership, because there is an impact. So understanding that somehow, even unconsciously, we lead anyway. And whether the question is, do I want to lead with a positive, intentional and conscious effort mm. or, you know, or, or not? That's very interesting because I... I, that's reminding me of an awful lot of the learnings from Lean In about mm. be present, uh -huh. have a 
seat at the table. Mm. Um, my dad always used to say when we were kids, if you're in the room, be in the room. Mm. I love that. I know, it's amazing. Yes. And and that's on every dimension mm. of whether mm. you're at something social or you're just in a conversation, just be present and be and, and contribute and be... Um, be a part of it or don't be there. And I think that that's a really important filter of mm. whether you should be somewhere Absolutely. if you can feel that. Yeah. I, I talk an awful lot about... I, hugely support lean in i absolutely and utterly um champion anything that builds women's confidence helps them break down some of those myths and self-perceptions and the barriers that we put in our own mm, way mm. but i don't think that that phenomenon goes far enough because i always then want to come over to the businesses and mm. say okay we've got all of these women leaning in they're being present they're demonstrating leadership mm -hmm. they're sitting mm -hmm. at the table they're being conscious but what are businesses doing to enable those women to flourish? Absolutely. Yeah. So leaders, current leaders in businesses mm -hmm. and agency structures, how do we recognise when someone is demonstrating different leadership skills? I mean, we because this is the unconscious bias that we have is that we see mm -hmm. everything through our own lenses. Mm -hmm. We talked about egocentricity, yeah. right? We yeah. what recruit does it in mean? our own image. Yeah. We... we praise the things mm -mm. that we recognise in ourselves. We all do it and we have a responsibility to check that in ourselves. Mm. But actually, we need to look at how leadership demonstrates itself so that there is recognition. Otherwise, people... It's not... The, the style of leadership you're talking about is not a shouty, look at me, look at me mm -mm. style. Mm. It's very... It's quite soft, mm. but very powerful. Mm. Do we need to look out for it or will it just... Will it demonstrate its impact? Mm. Well, it naturally just, if people are demonstrating those skills, things will work well around them, people will gravitate towards them. Well, or do we, or mm. does it need to be a combination Nurture. of both? I think a combination of both. I think um, I coach a team, I coach individual, mm. individuals, leaders, uh, teams, and also uh, organization to change their culture. So change uh, starts from all of these different dimensions and everything affects uh, the other dimension. So even if you start from the leader, that has an impact yeah. on the team. If you coach the team, that has, has an impact to each member and to all the people that work within the team. If you start changing, um, the, uh, for instance, the culture, the behaviours, or yeah. then that ripples uh, down. So it doesn't matter. I mean, definitely there is, what is important is to start paying attention mm. to our bias towards leadership mm. um, and also being very conscious on what you said, self-management. And you mm. talk a lot about that. And I think that's where it starts mm. from within. And, and also thinking about diversity, not only gender equality, men and women, but even within women, the diversity of all of us. Yeah, absolutely. we're not all the same. No, <laughs> and each <coughs> woman expresses and manifests her leadership in a different way, and so and that is Im important. I also feel that the new generation. I mean, I'm 48, but there is, I, I coach also younger um, leaders, and I think they're ready for it. They yeah. actually are already. Yeah, and the problem is a generational gap. Yeah, because. 
they talked the talk. Yes. <laughs> they, what was the expression? Yes. They walk and... <laughs> talk the talk, but don't walk they, the walk. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they actually understand what... Um, what a new model of leadership is, and they're longing for it. Yeah. And I feel there's the old generation that is actually there trying to protect, uh, resisting the change. But the only way is actually, I don't know if you heard, but mutual mentoring. Yes. That's an amazing way, for instance, of allowing young generation to express their leadership. Absolutely. And I think, um, well, actually, this is the question because I, I, I often ask myself it when I see bright, aspiring leaders. And I've come through the pay your dues, work hard. You know, I've got yes. to where I am at my age, but I've put the hours in and, yes. you know, I've really um, I've really committed to it. And I have been young at every stage, my first directorship, my first MD-ship, my first mm-hmm. um, CEO position and have felt young Mm -hmm. and that's why I look at my team and I see maturity and I see maturity as being a real asset because Mm -hmm. there is sometimes no substitute for just sheer experience and the resilience that you build up through that experience versus an idealism and a kind of an academic view of leadership Mm -hmm. but equally that's not to be ignored. Absolutely, I agree with you. And I, I think... I'm wondering what our advice is to young people who are aspiring and they just think, I'm I'm not old enough. Maybe it's not even to do with being a man or a woman. Mm. I'm not old enough to hold a position in that leadership role yet. Or oh, actually, whether we've got the reverse thing, they think they are They're ready. <laughs> We're yeah. saying, no, you're, you're not. You're not ready. <laughs> yeah. What do you do with aspiring leaders in that, in that position? Because you don't want to quell or quash that. No, I think, you know, it, it's it's fantastic to have that ambition is, is to start a conversation. What's mm. your leadership about? Because, you know, if it's empty, it's empty. And then it's an ego trip again. So what is all about? And, what, and then we're going back to that conversation about yeah. what's that higher purpose? Absolutely. What's the authentic yeah. reason for you wanting yeah. to lead? What do you believe? Yeah. And therefore, why would people follow you? Yeah, in what that? is the intention? What is the, why do you want to be a leader? Because you are a leader. And again, this idea that we are all leaders. Yes. But what is your leadership about and how you want to manifest it? How you want to be as a leader? And what do you want to do? If anyone's listening to this and thinking, I do not know the answer to that question, mm. how do they go about finding out that about themselves? If they don't know. Yeah. Hmm. That's a very good question. Well, I would say the easy way is find the coach. <laughs> <laughs> but I realise it's a little self-serving. <laughs> And a good coach. <laughs> but what we can do, actually, yeah. is arc off the back of that to talk about we will be having another mentoring intake for Kerning the Gap at the end of July. Yes. Um, and so this is a bit of a teaser to say details about that will be coming mm-hmm. out. And I think through great mentors, actually, and exploring that conversation. Absolutely. Um, and actually, I think if you just hold that question in your mind ah, yes. and seek the answer, Mm-mm. you'll find it. I absolutely agree with that. And I was making a joke, but in reality, if you hold that thoughts and that inquiry for yourself Mm. and you come returning to it and it, what is my life purpose? What is the impact I want to have? It's not academic, it's it's real, it's every moment. Yeah. And, And then, you know, by observing, by 
coming back to this inquiry by asking the question to yourself all over again. And also I feel there is a responsibility of, of the people that, you know, the, the mentors, but anybody who, uh, to each other, I would say, to help each other. Right now there is coaching cultures, right? Yeah. Everybody's trying to uh, import a little bit of the coaching culture. And mm. coaching culture meaning means actually to be there for each other. Yeah. Ask each other very important questions not trying to solve the problem because mm. again you, we can't tell i cannot tell you what your leadership is all about mm. and you cannot tell me mm. um so holding other people uh and especially the people that are part of our team it doesn't matter whether um you know they're younger or uh same age as us mm. but really help them figure it out for mm. themselves mm. with questions smart questions mm. and be there for them um And again, coaching culture means that not trying to solve each other's problem yeah. or tell each other, you're very good at this. You know, you should be doing this. You're amazing yeah. in doing this. That means nothing. But help each other explore. And it's also another thing. I think it's a it's it's a continuum. It's <laughs> it's an ongoing process. I feel that I'm, I'm 48 right now mm. and I'm still... You know, I, I kind of think that the core of my life purpose is more or less the same. Yes. But I'm refining as yeah. uh, as I go. Yeah, and that's as okay. I, and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, like a business, you know, set mm. a vision, then you're adaptable to that. And I think we were talking about it on the way here. We were reflecting, Roberta and I, about being in your 30s, being in your 40s and um, how much we were enjoying the decades that we're in and how much we dreaded them as we were at the turning cusp. And you're, I'm 39, you're 48, so we're now looking into the next decades exactly. again. And that sense of self that begins to really cement mm. and the confidence that comes with that. And it happens in your 30s, you've promised me it happens even more in your 40s. I mean, I'm still it not okay. It gets better I'm, and better. I'm still not okay about it, but I will believe you that it gets better and better and better. Um, but I think, you know, there's not a single podcast, conversation, talk, mentoring session I do where the C word doesn't come up. Mm. And confidence is such a unifying oh. mm. challenge for women mm. and for men, but we are talking about women in leadership positions and women getting and aspiring into leadership positions. How does a woman find the confidence to lead? Mm. And, and uh, yeah, we were discussing this uh, before even the podcast that you never find it, you refine it, <laughs> you work on it. It's mm. like a muscle that you have to constantly, constantly practice. Mm. So there are why sometimes we like confidence. Actually, in coaching terms, um, we have uh, life-affirming voices within us and uh, life-limiting uh, 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 voices within us. It's the saboteurs within yeah. us. And I say plural and not singular because there are many voices that tell us, you know, stay where you are, be generous. Also, sometimes the values of, the, of our limiting voices are for generosity, for being empathetic, How and funny. they yes, keep right. us down. down. Yeah. Stay <clears throat> where you are. Why are you trying these things? Yeah. I mean, this person knows how to do it so much better than you. Don't even try. So there is a million voices, yeah. and millions maybe is a lot, but sometimes <laughs> I feel I have million voices <laughs> within me um, and within us. So 
how you gain more and more confidence. I think by really be aware of these voices, of these parts of ourselves, of these fears, yeah. familiarize with it, really get to know, try to understand where they come from. And then when they come, and they generally come when we're closer to the truth, when we're closer yeah. to something very important for us, very dear to us. Yeah. Then they come and they come loud and obsessive, you know, like, come on, stop doing that. So it's familiarizing with those voices. And when they come, put it on the side. Yeah. One time, twice, three times and so on and on. And you get better and better. They will always be there. It's part of who we are. And sometimes they come from childhood or they yeah. come, who knows, from where. Yeah. And so it's just familiarizing with it and confidence grow. And every time we feel a little stronger and we do something a little bit more scary mm. and, and so on and on. And uh, yeah, but it's always there. And again, um, some of my clients are even older than me mm. and they bring it up. Yeah. They bring it up. I think this is a really refreshing way for me, though, to have a conversation about confidence because... I've kind of racked my brains about what's the formula for it and how do you build that. <clears throat> and I think it, it's, I've talked in a previous podcast about it's the thing you, you gain through the experience <laughs> of building resilience of when you needed it and didn't have it. <laughs> and, it's, and it's the courage to go into exactly. the scenario to, yeah. to gain the confidence yeah. that you currently don't have. Yeah. And how you then give somebody the confidence to go for the thing that's going to give them the confidence. You end up in this spiral. Yeah, and actually, spiral. if you start breaking that down and saying mm. it's it's tiny increments mm. and there's mm. there must be, a, oh God, opportunities in the course of a day. I must have had 40, 40. today mm. where I either had to build my confidence or yes. demonstrate some confidence yes. or think about how confident I felt about yeah. a particular solution. So the if you're... Again, if you're focused mm. in on it, mm. the opportunities and the answers are there on how mm. you build it. Is mm. that fair? Absolutely, yeah. I think. Yeah, and it worked for you, right? You, you, you feel the vo you, you hear your voice, and you keep going, right? Yes, and again and again and again. Yeah, and I think it's really important for people who are in positions of leadership to. Well, beyond the um, responsibility of bringing mm. people with them, but mm. also to talk authentically, authentically about how terrifying it can be at oh times and how those people you think glide around Absolutely. with excess baggage full of, yeah. of confidence. Yeah. You all have imposter syndrome. There's a brilliant, there's a brilliant, <laughs> there's a brilliant meme doing the rounds, mostly on LinkedIn about you know there's a pie chart mm. with three different mm -hmm. segments and it says people who have imposter syndrome, uh, people who say they don't have imposter syndrome but they do, and then everyone else, <laughs> by the way, they feel imposter syndrome. And it's like, well, yeah, it's all of everybody. us have those moments. Yeah. And you're coaching people up to sixty five who are still working through that stuff. Absolutely. So that's cool. Yeah. If you don't feel confident sometimes that's, that's okay. okay it's totally okay it's totally okay you're human yeah you're on the path <laughs> and i love the sense of great if you're really feeling really uncomfortable because that's exactly where you should be absolutely for growth for growth that's exactly where you it need to go it means you're growing mm. it means you're doing something that is uh, outside the box outside your comf uh, comfort zone yeah and that's really important and another thing that really liberates me at least is allowing myself to fail 
Yeah. And I love acronym. I love acronym. And if you think that fail is the first attempt in learning, <laughs> fail, <laughs> to fail. Yeah. So the ability, the allowing ourselves to yeah. say, yes, I'm doing, I'm going to do these things, this thing yeah. that scares me so much. <clears throat> and I am allowing myself to fail and yeah. I'm learning. If I'll fail, of course, the objective, the goal is not to fail, yeah. but it's to learn. Yeah. I mean, life is learning. So if you reconstruct <laughs> fear and of failure in this um, new way, then you keep going. Yeah. And then again, and if you fail, what, uh, what have I learned? And I think that there is a, <clears throat> for me, and I'm speaking very personally rather than um, on behalf of anybody else, but the higher up you climb, the greater you absolutely. feel you cannot fail. Yeah. Now you absolutely can't. There's lots of permission in the start of your yeah. career. Of course, you're yeah. learning, you're trying things. I'm sure there are people listening who don't feel that, who are in junior positions. But I certainly felt like there was much more permission to get things wrong. Then there's an expectation of you, particularly when you're in a rubber stamped, you are in a leadership position. Yep. It comes with a little subtext underneath that says, <laughs> you better get this right. <laughs> now, that's me. And that's why I want to talk yeah. very personally about that, because yeah. I feel I'm projecting that. Mm. And that actually there is permission for failure mm. throughout the entire course of your mm. career, particularly in your leadership career. Mm. But it's it's how you deal with it. Yeah, that makes and also, a yes, and I love what you're saying, Annette. And also, because you are a leader, also you are a model, right, for so yeah. many people. So even sharing with your team openly, oh yeah. my God, I'm scared. I don't know what to do here. And yeah. I would do. Sometimes even showing that vulnerability is inspiring. Mm. It opens up. You relax, and um, and is 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 changing others. I think that's absolutely right. That's coming back to the authenticity conversation yes, we were having absolutely. just earlier about mm. the more authentic I am, mm. the more confident I am mm. in the decisions that I'm making. And, mm. and actually that's reinforced by the greater purpose that I have yeah. is that I will always be driven fundamentally by that, by that. direction yeah. and that vision yeah. and that will help me make my decisions. Yeah. And what I feel is right yes. in a scenario, in a situation. Yeah. Uh, the perfection is not the goal. No, exactly. How uh, liberating also. Right, you're that. not perfect. You're, you're gonna never mess up. perfect you're also. Not, you're absolutely To which standard? Right. Then a new person comes and looks at it or whatever you're like, oh, totally. This is. So, yeah. It's letting go of all of that yeah. and saying, I'm going to bring my authentic self into this and bring the best that I possibly can to it. I think... Um, mm. it, it's interesting. I was giving a talk at a big architectural firm where all of their leadership positions were held by men. All these amazing, aspiring women who cannot get up into those roles because the roles are not available. Uh-huh. And that's just the picture. <laughs> and, the, yeah. and the management are frustrated because they want to be diverse. Mm-hmm. They had me and we were talking about it. They were saying, what do we do? <clears throat> and I actually said to them, 
Well, given the way that the current climate is, if you don't give those women leadership positions, somebody else will, because there's just not enough women out there that are qualified into that position Incredible. currently as Incredible. they are. So yeah. find them a role or yeah. don't. Or they will leave. Absolutely, they yeah. will leave. And they're really, really marketable talented. at the moment. And they're yeah. really talented and people are looking to create. And, and I don't think it's a tick box on diversity. I think it's about blended teams. And I think people are finally recognising that that makes a stronger business. Mm. But from and having had that a couple of weeks ago now as we reflect through our conversation I really feel like I want to now go back to those women and say you can lead now <laughs> you don't need to be the account director Absolutely. you don't need to be the head of mm-hmm. in order to lead and to mm-hmm. be flexing your leadership muscles mm-hmm. and to be refining them Wonderful. and maybe the opportunity comes up in this yeah. firm and maybe it comes up in the next you can grow and develop your role yeah any time any time you want and mm. develop those leadership qualities it's not something that happens that you finally have permission for when you're a manager or when you're a director or when you're an MD you can demonstrate those we've all got clients we need to lead Absolutely. we've got projects that we're leading mm-hmm. we've got families that we're part of we Absolutely. have relationships mm. we've got social groups there is always an opportunity to find your leadership self Mm. before you've been given the role and then when the role comes make it your own you'll know exactly exactly what you're about and what your purpose is and what you're driven by and won't have to be egocentric or copying anybody else nope Roberta we're going to wrap up now loathed as I am to stop the conversation (laughs) because it's been absolutely fascinating and and I've got one last question but just to kind of recap on some of the key stuff that we talked about today um, that I think will be really stimulating. It's changed some of my perceptions, mm-hmm. actually, about myself. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is I knew mm-hmm. most of them, but was I doing it? Was I really connecting with it? I've come, I've for the benefit of everybody listening, I rocketed in 15 minutes late off the back of a day <laughs> of back-to-backs and sorting something out in the studio and running through Soho <clears throat> a million miles an hour and kind of flustered and it's really given me pause Mm. to just really think about Mm. okay am I leading I I put pressure on myself to always lead from the front and I'm leading from the side an awful lot but also giving myself permission to lead from the back Mm. and just the reflections around the authentic self and your inner purpose. Absolutely. And and allowing that to be something mm. that you really value Mm-mm. and recognise and say, actually, that's a really fundamental part yeah. of leadership. And you bring it forth. Definitely. So uh, thank you. Mm. You've calmed me thank down you. enormously. <laughs> and your voice, I think, is also doing that. Right? Oh, so there's something... Thank you, thank you. Just, I really hope everyone's listening to this at night before <laughs> then, rather than first thing in the morning because you'll all be lulled. Put people to sleep. No. no, 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 not to sleep. Just, <laughs> But we could all use some sleep. So if it's doing that for you, that's also okay. great. That's We're also happy. okay. We're happy. Um, but I think, you know, what we've learned and shared today is about the differing leadership styles and the finding that broader purpose stops it becoming an egocentric activity and that the centre of self is not necessarily self-centred, that we can redefine leadership. It's wide open, right? Like, we are all redefining leadership by coming out and speaking about the different ways of managing. And it's really intimidating to the establishment, so do it. Mm. Challenge it. Those millennials who are being disruptive, keep being disruptive. Keep doing it. Because you're going to put pressure on the leaders who are in place. 
I can't think when the last time some of them ever stopped to think about what kind of leader they were. Mm. So keep putting that pressure Absolutely. on. You might not be ready, but yeah. you're going to start disrupting. Must start somewhere. Absolutely right. And that confidence is a practice mm. and a muscle. Mm. It isn't something we're innately born with. It's not something, yeah, absolutely, you've got to work out. And there's a, probably 100 opportunities in every day to really shift that needle inch by inch. Um, and yes, the leadership is not always from the front. It can be from the back and from the side. And uh, you can be all shades of that in one day. The sensing what's required of you is the leadership skill, isn't mm. it? Is this where I leave from the side or from the front or from the back? What's What's needed? from the team in that moment and that comes back to leadership being an act of service beautiful and responding to what you're sensing 100% so that last question I want to ask you anyone that's listening to this they're either chilling out before they sleep and they're going to go in tomorrow with a renewed vigour or they're on their way to work at the moment Mm -hmm. what's the one thing that you would recommend that they can do to notice a difference in their day in the aspect of this leadership conversation? Mm. I think what you said before, uh, what we were saying, being present, being conscious, how you lead yourself first, and also notice when you are in a group and with others, where I feel more comfortable. Do I feel more comfortable in the front? And if that's so, try to explore other position, co-lead with someone. Or if you're okay with co-leading, actually lead from the back. Mm. Explore and notice what happened in yourself and to others. And always think about what my intention here, what's my purpose here? What's the impact I want to have? And I think just by noticing that there is a shift. Mm. So be active, be present, be intentional and conscious about how you lead yourself. Professor, what an absolute pleasure. Likewise. Thank you so much. For anybody who wants to share some of the learnings that have come out of that, Roberta and I will be converting the key points on this podcast into a blog. So you've got something that's nice and shareable that you can share with leaders in your team or subordinates within your team um, and and get the leadership conversation going within your own agencies because we want to support the individual. So we hope this has inspired you, but take that in and allow the ripple effect of the change that we're trying to create across this movement to, to take hold. Thank you so much, Nat. Thanks, Roberta.